Welcome to the podcast where anxiety doesn't run the show, you do. I'm your host, Miss Alyssa, and I'm exploring ways we can all grow stronger than our fear and trauma. I've been a resilience coach for over a decade and a Kripalu yoga teacher for almost 20 years. I'm sharing tools, practices, and inspirational interviews so that you can dissolve your fear and evolve as a person. If you're ready to embrace your talents, dreams, and desires and live a life more full of freedom and joy, tune in. Relieve stress, nurture yourself, overcome trauma, and maximize your potential. And enjoy life. It's what we're all about here at the Dissolving Fear Podcast and at MissAlyssa.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's interview with Brian Hamlin a social media influencer who motivates and inspires over a million followers on TikTok alone, not to mention Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere else he's at lately. So he's speaking about trauma and resilience. Welcome, Brian. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. So, Brian, people love your sincerity and your story. You've overcome a lot of trauma in your life, and you motivate others to do the same for themselves. The first time I saw one of your Instagram videos, I instantly followed you because I felt like you understood trauma, and I heard genuine sincerity in your voice. And I think that when we connect with your words of encouragement online, we're really connecting with ourselves as well. And that's a huge part of healing trauma, in my opinion, connecting with yourself. So today we'll talk about trauma and healing anxiety and staying motivated to make the rest of your life the best of your life. So let's talk about what life is like for you right now. You have four older children and two younger adopted sons, and you all live in Michigan. And you and I, we could be rivals because I think you went to the University of Michigan, and I went to another Big Ten school, Penn State. But anyway, tell me about your life. How are you doing? What's new with you? I actually did not go to University of Michigan. I just grew up loving the school. And so oh. so U of M is, is my school, but I actually did not go there. But you know, I do have four, four biological children and two younger ones that are adopted. And so I think my oldest one, he's 22, he's in the army. I've got twin 19 year olds and, a, and an 18 year old. She just turned 18. And then my two younger boys are eight. And they're a, they're a riot because of course, one's white, one's black. And they tell everyone they're twins, right? I support them. I'm they're like, like we're both eight. We have the same parents <laughs> yeah. and we're both eight. We're twins. That's right. So it's great. It's great. So life is good. Nice. And back in 2020, you started posting on TikTok and your account there evolved into videos of you talking about self-worth, mental health and trauma. And your posts are heartfelt and gentle, but yet also encouraging and empowering. When you started your TikTok account, I think you were a heating and air conditioning technician. Do you still work at HVAC professionally? Or once you hit a certain number of followers, do you become a professional TikToker? Or what are you doing right now? No. So right now I teach at a, at a technical college. I do teach the heating and cooling trade. And I'm a life coach. 
So it wasn't when I hit a certain number of followers. It's just something that I've always been interested in and doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you're on social media because the world needs more people like you talking about trauma and helping people to heal and function and take care of themselves despite trauma because we all deserve to maximize our potential in life. Um, obviously, you're a smart guy and a loving father, and you said that growing up, you thought your name was Jackass as a kid. Oh, I sure did. For the first seven years of my life, I think that's what my dad called me. Mm-hmm. And and so, it- yeah, so it's very interesting how that it kind of affects the rest of your life. Yeah, abuse was pretty normal in your household. Do you want to say anything more about that? Uh, you know what? I think... I think there's a lot of people that experience abuse uh, early on as children. And there's a lot of people that don't also. So I think we could take those experiences and from those experiences, we can mold ourselves into what we need to be. And we can, we could transform any bad experience into a good outcome. So you can't transform bad experience into a good experience, but you can definitely transform the outcome uh, and, and what you've learned from it. Yeah. And what you do despite the experience that you've had and how you handle it and think about it and process it. And I think a lot of us are processing different adversity and trauma in life. And that's what the podcast is geared toward. Um, When you started talking about your childhood publicly on interviews and whatnot, did your siblings discourage you from talking about the abuse growing up? Because I know a lot of times with family dysfunction, like addiction and abuse, it becomes like the big secret, the big family secret. No, in my 20s, uh, when my children were younger, I had to make a decision on what path I wanted to go down. Was it to protect my children or was it to continue a relationship with people that have hurt me in my past? And so I I chose my children and to raise them in an environment that was not like I grew up in. So... I, I cut all ties uh, with everybody in my family, except for my sister. And so my sister and I, she's, she's one of my biggest cheerleaders. Um, she's amazing. And uh, so, so really, I've got, I've got four siblings, three brothers and one sister. And um, my sister's the only one that I keep in contact with. So, mm-hmm. so it's, a good, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, too. Mm-hmm. And often when we grow up in an unstable environment, we don't express our feelings about the instability because we're told to be quiet, don't cause even more chaos, and we already see chaos around us and feel it inside, so we shut our feelings down, and then that chaos inside of us and around us stays within us, and of course, it comes out in unhealthy ways we might grind our teeth at night or feel sick or angry or have digestive issues. Did you have any side effects from abuse when you were a child? Uh, You know, I think it was just anger and feeling useless and I didn't have any self-worth. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I was very withdrawn um, where my older sister and my older brother were very popular in school. I was not. I just kind of kept to myself just because I was very nervous and afraid of what other people would, I don't know, think of me if I spoke out. Because I was always told just to, you know, kids are better 
better seen and not heard. And mm-hmm. so we, uh, it was just sit down, be quiet. Uh, not that nicely. But <laughs> <laughs> sit down, jackass. Shut up. Yeah, exactly how it is. So, <laughs> so you know, I did experience some some of that, just withdrawn and and just kept to myself, very very shy uh, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and siblings handle things so differently. It's so fascinating for me because I coach children. Um, I'm a, I'm a resilience coach, and of course I coach children in the same family sometimes. Um, But after school, you left home for two years of missionary work and your life changed. I'm just curious, where did you go and how did life change for you? So I went to Utah and I had to make a choice. Am I going to be where I am right now at, at that point in my life or is it going to do something different? And so I did something different. So I went to be a missionary in Utah and my life changed forever there. I learned what normal relationships looked like. I learned what relationships with loving homes looked like. I learned what loving somebody would look like. And so it, it was a great thing for me to experience personally, just because I was able to see that, oh my gosh, you guys aren't fighting and that's normal. <laughs> what's going on here and so it, it was a <laughs> lot of growth you know I had to I had to really grow up at that point and and I really had to learn how to talk to people I had to come out of my shell you know I spoke to hundreds of people every single Sunday to an audience and it was just it was incredibly amazing to be able to just be forced out of that shell and learn how to cope with things that I was just afraid of And that's such wonderful evidence that we can grow because you went from being shy to speaking to groups of people on Sunday. And now you get on, you get yourself on TikTok and you speak your mind all the time. (laughs) All the time. You can't shut me up. (laughs) (laughs) So by the time you were married with four kids, you knew you wanted to stop the cycle of abuse that you grew up with. Um, when your kids were young, how did you make sure their childhood would be different than yours? Um, you know, just with encouragement and love and and just knowing that, um, you know, there would be no physical abuse, uh, no sexual abuse, um, just keeping all that at bay. And so it was just kind of a different, it was, it was a different love. I mean, there was no love when I was growing up and, and I learned that. So it was just giving love and that's what changed and that's how that that cycle just stopped yeah and you had really good boundaries in place it sounds like when it comes to your parents they're out of the picture very good boundaries and you know a lot of people they they say um you know family's family no matter what happens family is family and that's garbage that's a really bad way to think it's not family is family that's giving the excuse that for their abuse. It's telling them, I'm going to justify for you that it's okay to abuse me because family is family. And that is garbage. I completely agree, Brian.
so on social media, you really are a role model, I feel like, for positive self-talk. I commend you for talking to everyone with such love, including when you talk to your two boys. They're so cute when they're in some of your videos, you know, like they're using positive self-talk. And I think you're an excellent example that change is possible and we can all improve how we talk to ourselves and how we talk to our children and even how we talk about life. What advice do you have for someone who feels like life just keeps happening to them rather than for them? There are things that happen that we have no control over at all. And and so really it's how are we going to respond to life is happening? Well, we've got to have a total mindset change of how we look at things. You know, bad crap happens to good people. Bad stuff happens to bad people. Bad stuff happens to everybody. But how are we going to take that bad stuff and are we going to utilize it? Are we going to help it or have that help us grow? You know, there are so many people in today's world that have the woe is me attitude. And I understand that woe is me attitude too, because when things just keep hitting you left and right and just beating you down to the ground, you can't help but think, man, when is this going to be over? Stop this, stop it. But you get people that they either learn from that and they grow, or you get people that become a victim for life. And so the difference between the two is just a different mindset. Not stopping the obstacles, but learning how to overcome them is just the key. Yeah, that's definitely the key. And um, I think when I was a kid, I just wanted to stop the obstacles from happening, you know. But as I've grown, I've learned that, you know, the obstacles are going to happen no matter what, no matter how perfect you are, no matter how many great decisions you make. Um, And my favorite singer, Trevor Hall, has an album called The Fruitful Darkness. And the point is, like, don't be afraid of your darkness and your adversity and your history or skeletons in the closet. Like, that's fruitful. That's where the lesson is. And that's where you can transform and not repeat that lesson. Because you don't want to repeat the same lesson again and again. Right. So, yeah. Well, releasing trauma and anxiety and old hurts isn't a one-time deal. We need to let go again and again. Can you share any tools or books that helped you process your childhood or heal your anxiety? Yeah, so the biggest thing um, for me is acceptance. You know, actually, here's here are the things that I teach as a life coach. I, I really just do this. I One is getting rid of all negativity. There are so many people that jump on social media and they go right to the garbage. All the stuff that makes us feel like crap. Next day, you know, you're laying in bed for three days feeling sorry for yourself and you're depressed. So one is, you know, getting rid of all that negativity, which is TV shows. I even say the news. I, and it's amazing. Sometimes it takes a long time. And then all of a sudden they start seeing, oh my gosh, this person who I thought was my friend is not my friend. They are so negative. They're telling me, oh, you're just an idiot. And they thought that was, the, that was like cool stuff before. They thought that was amazing. 
uh, friendship. And it's not, it's garbage friendship. And yeah. so, so it's getting rid of the negative stuff and then putting the positive stuff in place. And so what I mean by that is we literally go through all the positive memories that they have and they're good places that they go to mentally and we write those down and and of course we elaborate on them and so when they're getting rid of the negativity now they've got a spot to bring in the positivity so our brains create these paths that are just so easy to follow you know these you, it's interesting because we're taught to be negative um, as children um, and then that just becomes a really it's like when you're out in the woods and you're hiking and you got like this little path and, and nobody really travels down this little path. But more and more people start traveling down this path and it becomes a wider path and then a wider path. And then it becomes a two track. And next thing you know, it's a highway. And that's how our thoughts are. And in our brains is the more time we travel down that path, the wider it gets and the easier it is to go down that. So now we've got to choke off that path and, and start building a new road. And so that's one of the biggest things that we talk about is closing the old way of thinking and opening the new way of thinking. And the biggest thing that I could say is getting rid of the negativity, bringing the positivity and the acceptance to what happens to us. Like those things that have already happened to us, we can't continuously push them away. We can't, we have to say, okay, that is now a part of my life and I need to accept that. And now since it's a part of my life, I need that to help guide me in other ways. So once we start saying, no, 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 stop, we have a resistance in our body and in our minds, and now we go to that negative feeling all over again, except when we start accepting it and we say, you know what, that's okay. I accept that I'm experiencing this and that's okay. And we reassure ourselves that, yeah, that's okay. So I think that's my biggest piece of advice. That was long-winded, but there you go. <laughs> no, I love it. I totally understand, you know, like we don't push away parts of ourselves and we accept them, but also we don't have to accept them in a negative light. We can kind of let go of the negative story and then create a more positive story about all that we've experienced up until now. You know, I totally agree with that. And, and along those lines of accepting the things that have happened to us or we're experiencing in a bad way, just what you said, we then start practicing accepting the good things that come from them and telling us or telling ourselves it's also okay to accept that because people when they've been abused and they've been through the crap and they've just been trodden down they think it's wrong to feel good about themselves and it's just a it's just a nasty way to think that that you can't think good about yourself who says that and there's so many people that do they live that that they can't think good about themselves so I agree 100% with what you said. So if people want to sign up for coaching with you, do they go to Brian Hamlin Enterprises on Facebook or what's the best website? You know, it's Brian Hamlin Enterprises on Facebook. Um, and we're, we're actually trying to get a website up and running right now. And it's just a little bit slow. I'm just so busy. And um Kim, who handles all of the business aspect of it, scheduling and the website and, and payments. I mean, she's just incredibly amazing and busy herself. So the best thing to do would go to Brian Hamlin Enterprises on Facebook. Okay. 
And what advice do you have for people who just totally avoid feeling their feelings? Because I believe feeling is healing. I think it is so incredibly important to feel our feelings and to let them come in. You know, as soon as we start pushing those feelings away, that's when we start creating a negative balance in our life. And so it's also equally important not just to feel our feelings, but to recognize what feelings we're feeling. It's to actually pinpoint, okay, is this a good feeling or is it a bad feeling? Where does this feeling come from? And, and analyze it. You can do that. You can analyze your feelings. And then you can compartmentalize your feelings. Like, okay, this is okay. You know, I'm feeling it and that's great. And then we have thoughts, right? That we just try to put a roadblock up. This is no, don't come in. But it's almost like sitting at the side of a road for me when I had to really train myself to do this with my thoughts. I had to let them come in and go out, come in and go out. So what I would always do is I would, I would actually envision myself at the side of a busy highway with all these cars going by. And so with all these cars going by with the negative thoughts and those negative thoughts, I just see them go right up. They, they come from a distance and they come right up to me and then I just watch them go right on by. And so that's what we have to do with our feelings too. We have to watch those feelings. They come right up to us. Okay, we're gonna feel them and then we're just gonna release them again. And that's a hard thing to learn. You know, so many of us say, easier said than done. It's a true statement. It is easier said than done. However, what they're doing is they're giving themselves a justification not to do it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's how about we switch it's easier said than done to, this is gonna be hard, but I'm worth it. So all of these things, like I've okay, got that easy sounds job. like your that sounds like your next TikTok video. I just heard it in your voice. <laughs> this is gonna be hard, but I'm worth it. I mean, that's like a little mantra. I could sit here for like five minutes just breathing and saying that to myself right now. That would be amazing. You know, and it's whenever I see somebody write that on my comments, I really don't go into the comments a lot, um, but I read them. But I don't comment on them a lot unless there's somebody that's really really struggling or my girlfriend is in there and I just tell her, Hey, I love you a lot. Thanks for, <laughs> Thanks for the shout out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so, and plus I think it's good for people to see that too. And so um, I think I've said that a lot of times to people, Hey, listen, I know it's going to be hard, but I'm worth it. Let's stop saying it's easier said than done. Let's just knock that out of our vocabulary. Let's stop giving ourselves an excuse to not do something. Let's recognize how worthy we are and how valuable we truly are. So that was my main goal in this, in the TikTok is just, and Instagram and Facebook is just, hey, listen, see your own self-worth. And I can guarantee when people see their own self-worth, they don't let little things bother them. So that's what it's all about is seeing our own self-worth. Yeah. And in my line of work as a resilience coach for kids, when, um, with kids, I also encourage recognizing your emotions. We have a little acronym, RAS, R-A-S, recognize your emotions, accept them, and share them. And of course, kids can share their emotions with me, but even adults like us, we can share our emotions with ourselves. You know, you don't have to wait for counseling to go in and do the RAS, the recognize, accept, and share. You do it in the moment, and then you take a few breaths, and you're just in that space of recognizing and accepting and sharing your emotions. Another term we use is 
name it to tame it. Name your emotion. You don't have to call yourself anxious, but you can name your emotion. What am I feeling? Okay, I'm feeling anxiety. And name it to tame it. Yes, I love that. Name it to tame it. (laughs) That's so important, you know? It's so important. And these, I laugh because these little phrases always just make me happy. So I just laugh. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, (laughs) they're good tools, these little rhymes, because otherwise... You're standing there and you have an emotion. You don't know what to do with it, you know? So maybe a little rhyme will pop into your head and that's, that's your step forward. You know, that's your way out. Your reminder of what to do when you have feelings hit you. If someone's making you feel worthless or if you just are feeling worthless around someone, Definitely give yourself some space. A mentor of mine says, get on your bird, you know, like you're flying up into the sky and you're changing your perspective. So whether that's going out to lunch by yourself or taking a little day trip somewhere or spending some nights out with the girls or at a yoga class with yourself, give yourself a little perspective. And of course, if it's obviously abuse, like mental, emotional, physical abuse, go no contact. And don't turn on yourself and somehow think that you caused them to abuse you. You have to love yourself and put yourself first. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I listened to an interview of yours where you told a story about how your ex-mother-in-law told you something like, you don't deserve to see the kids or your kids deserve better. And then you told her to leave your house. And I thought that was awesome because it shows that either you got sick of her abuse or you grew stronger despite her disrespect or maybe both. But when we grow and evolve and start loving ourselves more, then nasty comments like that seem so foreign to us. I know I just toss up a boundary immediately and it's like super liberating and freeing. Do you have any comments about that day or boundaries in general? You know, it's interesting. Um, I'm divorced. I was married for almost 21 years and Sydney and I were really close and she got into an accident and she has a frontal lobe brain injury. And so we just, our relationship changed just that day, but throughout our entire marriage, the biggest obstacle that we had was her mom. Um, she is absolutely uh, a narcissistic woman. She, I mean, she's got probably, there are probably traits made up for her. And so, I mean, telling me, you know, she would, she tells my children all the time, oh, you're not smart enough to do this. You're not smart enough to do that. So we had to learn boundary setting really quickly. And so that day was freeing and it caused a lot of drama in the family. So when you set a boundary and you stick to it, there's going to be backlash. There just is at first. And then people understand, okay, you're serious. People are afraid of the word boundaries. So sometimes I just call it, don't let shit happen to you. That's it, right? You just say, okay, this is what I accept and this is what I don't accept. And so it's so, so in every aspect of our life, it's important as parents, as children, as spouses, uh, as employees and employers, mm-hmm. every, every as, aspect of our life has to have boundaries. Yeah, you have to advocate for yourself. I teach my students and my own kids to ask for what they need and 
how to say, no, thanks, not for me. Because I think a lot of people, we have hard time asking for what we need and verbalizing um, and advocating for ourselves. And then we also have a hard time putting a boundary up when something's coming at us that we don't want or need. And we have a hard time saying, nope, not for me, not, no thanks. And no is a complete sentence. It is. That's what people don't understand. It's no. That's it. <laughs> so I think we both agree that trauma doesn't make you stronger. It traumatizes you. Um, but of course, it's not an excuse to be a victim for the rest of your life. Um, if you get sucked into um, memories of your trauma, what do you do to soothe yourself? Oh, I let those, those memories come. You cannot stop those those thoughts from coming. I don't care where you're at, what you're doing. Those thoughts will hit you like a ton of bricks. But we can stop those thoughts from debilitating us. So what a lot what happens to our bodies? It's very interesting. We actually start to breathe shallow, and we don't even realize it. So the biggest thing when those thoughts come to us is move. I don't care. You change your position and you take a deep breath. And then you accept those thoughts coming. So for me, it's getting up and moving and just changing my aspect of it, my perspective of where I'm totally at. I, I will even leave the room. I will go outside and then I'll accept it. Yeah, that happened. And then I internalize things that I've learned from that and tell myself, it's okay. It wasn't your fault. So it's a lot of positive self-talk. And there's exercise that goes along with it. I mean, when we exercise, we are focusing in on that moment right then and there, which brings me to another point. Sometimes when some of those thoughts come to me, I, I always tell everybody, live in the moment right then, right there. You start concentrating on what you're doing. When I take a walk, I will count my steps. Not only will I count my steps, but I will do deep breathing exercises. Yeah, so walking is key. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, and, you know, I don't think everything happens for a reason, like child abuse or, you know, like little babies born into starvation and they live like two weeks with HIV and die or something. You know, I don't think everything happens for a reason personally, but sometimes things do. Like before my divorce, I had tried so hard to please my husband and I couldn't do anything right in his eyes. And the household was focused on his needs and opinions. And I was so sad about my divorce because I didn't want it to affect my kids. They were very young. They were like one and four. But my divorce was kind of like divine intervention. I mean, the chapter of my life was like traumatic and it was divine intervention disguised as suffering. And it looked hard and it was hard. It was traumatic, but it taught me how to be selfish and put my needs first. And it taught me how to be more like my ex and never apologize for having my needs and desires. And when it comes to my ex, I feel like his rejection was God's protection and his rejection of me was life's redirection toward my highest good moving forward and toward my best future. So I just feel like anyone listening at home who's suffering through adversity right now know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes things happen for a reason. Yeah, you know, it's a good point in that 
not everything happens for a reason. I, I think that, you know, when, when somebody says that, I know, I know I, I had a friend, she lost her husband and people came up, one lady came up to her and said, you know, everything happens for a reason. And it was the worst thing to say to somebody that just lost her husband. And it's like, no, not everything happens for a reason. That is a bold-faced lie. And not only that, but it's really offensive that somebody would say that. And so, but what does, what it allows us to do is it allows us to learn and to grow everything that we do, everything that happens to us we're growing in some way, whether it's a positive way or a negative way. And yeah, we didn't ask for the abuse. We didn't ask for the trauma. I didn't, I didn't wake up one day and say, Oh my gosh, as a seven-year-old, I hope I'm sexually assaulted today. You know, we don't ask for that stuff. We don't. And, and it's, it's absolutely ridiculous for somebody to say, well, no, that made you stronger. No, it, didn't i mean i did i do this no. video a few times it doesn't make us stronger it makes us have nightmares and and it makes us have self-doubt and it, it makes us not sleep at night it makes us have cold sweats and and it makes us feel worthless that's what trauma does to us yeah it's it makes our... your husband because when you're a kid and stuff happens to you you're trying to think what is the reason it happened? And your head is spinning. And a lot of times you arrive on this conclusion that the reason it happened is you did something wrong. Exactly. And you did nothing wrong. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, what child can do anything wrong or provoked that kind of activity? You, you can't. The biggest thing that abusive people say, whether it's a man or a woman beating their spouse, you deserve this. You made me do this. No, no, there's absolutely no reason that it is your fault that you were being abused. None at all. Say, well, you were raped because you dressed provocatively. No, you weren't. You were raped because this sicko over here has issues. That's why you were raped. I mean, let's look at the fact. I mean, so, so many people will say, yeah, I guess it was my fault. I don't care if it's grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, uncle, aunt. I don't care who it is. Anybody that tries to put blame on the victim, those guys are abusive, abusive and need to go out of your life, uh, just flat out. And so I think what makes us stronger is ourselves. And, and that, I don't even think that. I know that we make ourselves stronger. So we've got that choice. Do we sit there and do we lay down and do we take it and become the victim for the rest of our life? You know what? Not for the rest of your life. You may have to sit there for a little while and, and you'll be depressed and, and that's okay too, as long as you're working on getting out of it. And so what makes us stronger is ourselves. We're the ones that dug ourselves out of that hole. We're the ones that when we reached rock bottom, decided to start fighting with all of our might, tooth and nail and blood and sweat and tears. And we're the ones that fought to get the help that we needed to be the people we are today. So trauma didn't make us stronger. We did. Yeah, totally. There's a job to do when it comes to overcoming trauma, but there are lots of tools for the job. And that's what my podcast is about. I try to offer tools and practices and inspiration like this interview. And we're almost done. 
Um, I'd like to do a little segment called comment on your own comments. So Brian Hamlin once said, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> it's just one comment. I, I pulled up out of an old interview, I think. Um, cause I know you have tons of comments on TikTok. Brian Hamlin once said, and I quote, sometimes emotionally regulating ourselves is an all day process every day, but man, when we control our emotions, holy cow, it's freeing. It's amazing. End of quote. Any comments on your comment? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you, you agree with yourself? <laughs> Well, it's so, it's so interesting that when we can, so what that is honestly is just self-mastery. So when we can master something and then we can regulate our emotions and, and there's so much that goes into that. It's like people ask, how do you regulate your emotions? Well, it's a process. You find a coach and you know what? I really love life coaches. I went to therapists and like life coaches and, and I'm telling you, the two life coaches that I used are the ones that actually gave me the tools to get out of the spot that I was in. And so that's why I decided that's the path I want to go down. And the therapists were amazing, too. I mean, my very good friend, he is, a, he is in charge of the psychiatric, uh, children's psychiatric hospital uh, in, this, in Michigan. And so he's a psychiatrist and he is amazing. I trust with everything, but you know, it's, it's actually learning these tools to regulate our emotions that when we regulate our emotions, we can decide, okay, is this going to, we literally say to ourselves, is this going to make me happy or sad? Oh, shoot. It's going to make me sad. Okay. Now let me get out of this. Let me, let me feel that for a minute and let me just deal with that for a few minutes. And now I can concentrate on being happy. And yeah, holy cow, is it freeing? It's so, it's like next level. It's amazing. So that's my thought. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the comment on the comment. And we're almost done. I personally feel like I feel unstable inside a lot of the time. And I think sometimes an unstable childhood gives us a shaky emotional foundation, but we can strengthen ourselves and strengthen our foundation and build a life we're proud of. Do you have any heartwarming stories or any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with today? <laughs> I was just going to say, I know you've said, be kind because you never know what someone's going through. And you also remind people to love themselves first. Yeah. And you know, I was, I was just thinking about my two boys and it's interesting. One's black, one's white. One was addicted to crack when he was born. The other one had fetal alcohol. Uh, Lincoln was diagnosed with cancer at two. He's got cerebral palsy. And so he's dealing with a lot of crap, a lot of crap. And, and here's what we found out. We could, we could do exercises with him and strengthen him. And he's cancer-free, right? He was two years old. He had cancer. At three, he was cancer-free. And so he's living a really good life. And so, so here's what we found. The physical stuff that we give him that's helping both of these, these two boys overcome the past that they had no control over, what it is is the pure love that we have for them. And so I think that is the key with everything. There's love and then there's pure love. 
And so a pure love means I will drop what I need to, to love you and to get you the help that you need. And a lot of parents will recognize this feeling of just doing anything and everything for their child because there is that pure love. Once we take that pure love that we have for our children, we apply it to ourselves. That's where the real change comes, which means talking positively about ourselves, which means giving ourselves grace to grieve and to mourn, giving ourselves enough grace to say, okay, you screwed up today. That's okay. It's okay. Telling ourselves that it's okay. That will change our lives so much and so dramatically and so quickly as well. So I guess the biggest thing that I have to say is we have to learn to love ourselves and to see our own worth in everything that we do. Yes. I have a little um, picture in my kitchen and it says, love is the best ingredient because um, I'm not the best cook, but I make it with love. And the kids, my kids, (laughs) (laughs) my kids feel that love. No, honestly, um, you know, my husband was like emotionally abusive and just like very critical. And so my cooking was one thing that was never good enough. And um, I remember one time I told my friend like, oh, I just fed my kids like a can of soup and cheese sticks for lunch. Like, what am I doing? What is my life coming to? And my friend was like, well, I'm sure you fed it to them with love. You know, that's all that matters. Yes. Yeah. And I think we have to have patience with ourselves cultivating that love or it's not even like creating it's already there you just have to connect with it inside of yourself and so um my friends my one friend just had a breakup and I'm and she's like on the dating apps I'm like what are you even doing you need to meditate which of course that's my solution for everything because I'm a yoga teacher (laughs) and um but I really feel like she needs to connect with herself and love for herself rather than you know, going back out there and trying to, to get it from somewhere else. I totally agree. And, and it's like meditation is the most powerful thing that we can, we can have. So it's interesting when I talk about the thoughts coming in and going out, that's meditation. When I talk about counting and breathing, that's meditation, you know, and yoga, holy cow, the most powerful thing that you can do is that, excuse me, with the meditation. It's just, it's just a huge, powerful tool that's out there and making things with love makes all the difference. (laughs) I unwrap my cheese sticks with so much love and I put them in front of my kids. Um, Yeah. And definitely, you know, it's even like scientifically proven now that meditation is beneficial. Dr. Andrew Huberman out of Stanford has all this science behind it, but I remember first meditating and whoever was guiding it was talking about Um, Your mind is an empty blue sky and just watch your thoughts float through the sky, just like watching a cloud float through the sky. No judgment, just observing. And I think that can be just so relaxing. Um, I do. I recommend a million uh, meditations. I'll do an episode about it later. But the mission of the Dissolving Fear podcast is to have conversations about 
deep stuff that is often kept a secret like trauma or anxiety. And so we can all let go in order to grow. And Brian, I feel like we talked about that today and we have similar missions for ourselves and the world we want to live in. So I want to thank you for making the world a better place by loving and supporting your family. I heard the song Seven Years by Lucas Graham today and I thought of you and this legacy you leave behind with the children that you've raised so well and children that you've fostered and adopted. So, you know, millions of people follow you on social media and they hear your messages and then they go out and they pay it forward with positive energy from your account. So, you have a lot to be proud of and maybe just tell everyone where they can find you on social media or where they could even get tickets to some of your meet and greet in-person events. Okay, so social media, you can just look me up by my name, Brian Hamlin. Or actually, you can just Google, Google Brian Hamlin and um, it will pop up all my social media accounts. And that's so humbling too. When I Google my name, somebody told me, told me to Google my name, so I did. And holy cow, the entire Google page was filled. And I just was like, what in the heck is going on? <laughs> so, so yeah, Google my name, Brian M. Hamlin. I'm the guy with the backwards hat. Uh, with TikTok, it's Brian M. Hamlin. Uh, with Instagram, I think it's Brian.Hamlin. And Facebook, it's just Brian Hamlin. Now, you got to be careful because there are a lot of fake accounts so you yeah. got to look for the following count. You know, it's like on Instagram, I think there's 80,000 or plus. And then Facebook's like 300,000 and Instagram's or uh, TikTok's just over 1 million. So like 1.2. So a lot of people get confused because there's fake accounts. So look for those numbers. And then for tickets to the meet and greets and for life coaching, it's just Brian Hamlin Enterprises on Facebook right now. And you can Perfect. schedule an appointment and Kim will get back with you. And that's how, yeah, those, those are the, those are the places. Yeah. You can sign up for life coaching and connect with Brian. Well, thank you so much, Brian. Thank you. It was so much fun. <laughs> okay. Have an amazing weekend and um, yeah, such a pleasure to talk with you. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. That completes our episode. If today's content felt true for you, follow the podcast today or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. The mission here is a world where fear doesn't control us. We feel it, heal it, and let go to grow. Have an amazing day. Fill it with opportunities to nurture yourself and maximize your potential. Thank you for being here.